everybody. This is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 148 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Back-to-back uh, -back weeks, I have interviews for you guys. It's been a while since I've been doing any interviews, and now I actually have this one and three more that will all be um, Chicago area based grapplers and so or coaches. And so uh, the first one I'm really excited to share with you guys is with um, one of the heads of my affiliation tag team. And it's Mark Vives. He is returning to the show. He's been here before. I uh, did a really, really good episode. I had actually a really powerful episode. We get to talk a lot more routine and a lot of other ideas in this episode and a lot of uh, the things that I think that there are to, to, to kind of take away from Mark Vives, uh, things that he does better than almost anybody in the world. And uh, that is understanding his routine and having a great routine and being able to follow it and being able to feel it out when he can't follow it. And so uh, before we get into the episode, I want to give a special thanks to my friend Bryce Allen of Allen Brothers BJJ. Uh, if you guys don't know about them, you absolutely should and will soon. Uh, he is uh, a videographer. He ran my sound for me and my videography during this, produced the episode, made jokes the whole time, you know, did a great job. Uh, but just a special thanks to him. And um, let's go ahead and get started with this Chicago takeover of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. I'm good, I'm good. I, uh, uh, I'm a little beat up. Yeah, I, I, how was the weekend for you? How are you feeling physically after it? You know, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, as you know, like master's competitor, competing in the same tournament, two-day tournament, and coaching uh, two extremely long days. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going start to finish. Uh, you know, I think on, you know, it was, the first day was crazy too for me because, uh, you know, my opponent didn't show up in semis. Unfortunately, he had a family thing, uh, which completely took precedence. And um, so I didn't know that he wasn't going to show up. So, of course, you warm up and everything like that. <laughs> put, your, put up self to the paces. I believe I was competing like at one. That's correct, at one. So, you know, it's not like, you know, sometimes it's fortunate for me where I get to compete like the first run off the bat, mm -hmm. which is awesome. And then you just kind of like, you know, chill out, go to the podium, and then you sit there and just coach the rest of the day and then just wait for your opening. That's it. Um, but for me, it was so weird because I had to get there the, the first day, was there at nine o'clock, a little bit before nine, mm -hmm. uh, coached until about 11 o'clock. Started warming up, found out that my opponent no-showed. Uh, but, you know, and then um, the other side of the bracket, that was hilarious because uh, my teammate won. So, you know, I'm trying to close out. Uh -huh. uh, well, I didn't want to close out. They can, close, they can bow down to me. <laughs> I know, but, um, uh, and then had to, like, go back to coaching mode and then had to kind of figure out some time to get ready for the open. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, like, well, you saw, I don't know, you, st you stuck around. The open weight for me, we were like the second to last match, and we ended at seven forty-five. Yeah, that's so, at nine a.m. to seven forty-five. That's insane. Insane day, and then we did it again the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, so it stunk a lot. And then of course, 
Um, I think I was telling you uh, last night, like I could not get out of bed on Monday. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, I put up that story on social media. <laughs> that, uh, of the noises yes. that we make. Yep, yes, the noises the, uh, that you make after yeah, competing. Yeah, it was Chiesa, the uh, song, the uh -huh. song, the little chorus part. Yeah, that was literally me on Monday. And I tried to get up good three to four times, try to lift and everything. I was like, yep. it's not happening. So then, you know, today, oh, I did, in fact, it was... Did, did, I did something intelligent, scheduled uh, an appointment with my chiropractor. Uh, she took care of me, everything like that. Yeah, it fixed me all up. Um, go see her if you're in the Chicagoland area. Uh, Who is it? I can, I'm going to kill her last name, so I'm just going to say Dr. Farah at Cairo Recovery. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Sounds look good. Up, like, look up Cairo Recovery on Instagram, and um, yeah, you'll find her. She's perfect. She's great. Uh, speaks my language and everything like that good athlete and everything like that and um, she's part of my big recovery team so to speak I, I see another guy tomorrow too in the afternoon and he's like another portion of my recovery <laughs> team but um, yeah so tonight I should uh, tonight I anticipate feeling a lot better good uh, and training a lot lot more but yeah last night's tra well, last night training for me was like right, cool I can move around and then it was just like uh, not kind of stiff I get it. So I actually, I wanted to want to talk a lot of competition with you. Mm -hmm. um, there was, uh, you and I taught a seminar at, uh, at Wade's, at, at Stronghold. And it was, shout out to the Stronghold podcast too. Correct. He just started yes. his own podcast. Um, but uh, uh, during that, ask you a million questions. One of my favorite ones that I asked you uh, was one of the first ones I asked you, and it was, Mark, how the heck do you compete every weekend? And your answer, you know, how you, how you view it and how you look at, um, you know, other sports and, and things like that. Uh, I really think that that rabbit hole might be this entire episode, but I yeah. think that it's a rabbit hole I want to go, go down. So let's just say, start out, Mark, how the heck do you compete every weekend? I get this a lot. Uh, I was on Lawrence Dunning's podcast uh, from Valco BJJ, and literally this was, we ran out of time. Yeah. Uh, this the second question he asked. About five minutes in, ran out of time. Um, simply put, I to answer your question, how do I compete every weekend? I compete every weekend. The answer is I compete every weekend. And what I mean by that is um, I literally look at every week in the same exact way, even if I'm not competing. Um, I kind of picked up on the traits of what NFL, uh, NFL pro ball players do. Uh, pro NFL players do. Yeah. Um, I noticed that they always prepare it a certain way and they always kind of look at it like the exact same way every single week. Uh, like, you know, uh, like while they're in camp, while OTAs, camp, practice, everything is always exactly the same. They always play, they like, you know, they, they get rest day, whether like for them it would be Monday. Then they get, uh, while, during that time they're looking at tape, they're like maybe working on like fine tuning things. Uh, Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday is an install day. Uh, so I'll explain like the NFL portion uh -huh. of it. As a Tuesday, Wednesday is an install day. Thursday is kind of like, you know, it's uh, like skills day, so to speak. Friday is like a walkthrough. Set, uh, like Friday might be a rest day. Thursday or Friday might be a rest day, right? Uh -huh. Saturday is like a walkthrough. Sunday you compete. Sunday you play through game and you do it all over again. Over and over and over again. So You travel Monday, you rest Monday, same right, thing. So, right, exactly. So I kind of took that and equated to jiu-jitsu or kind of related to, to jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu competitions. So since our competitions are typically on Saturdays, 
Sunday is kind of like your travel day back if you're coming back or you look at tape or if I do train on it. I normally do train on Sundays. Um, you know, I, I may not, I'm definitely not training hard. Yeah. I might, it, for me, it's, I might try to find a position or troubleshoot things and so forth and so on and just kind of work specifically on that. It might go kind of hard, but not like balls to the wall uh-huh. if I was competing. That's, it is an active rest day for lack of better terms. Yeah. Monday and Tuesday, heavy lifting days for me and they're install days. They're me, that's, that's where the work gets done. Like you really, really get a lot of work done. When you say work, what do you mean? Uh, I'll be focusing a lot on positional sparring. I'll, I'll spar hard. Usually Tuesday, I will spar extremely hard. Yeah. So here's a, here's a, here's like, I can kind of break it down a little bit more in a second, just general order. Okay. Uh, Wednesday's usually a rest day for me. Kind of like the, let's just have fun, active rest day. Uh, it's also like nogi day for me too. So I just kind of like, you know, try to giggle and laugh and try to get at everyone's legs and try to break them and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, but I always take like Wednesday night off as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can't. Thursday for me is just fine tuning day. It is basically, let's think of it as a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, during the morning, I'll just usually drill, put myself in positions. I'll drill the last spar. Yep. Because, you know, I'll teach class usually and then uh, during the sparring sessions and stuff, I will actually put myself in positions, like force myself to play certain positions and kind of just like drill that. Think mm-hmm. of it as like, again, relating it to football, uh, drilling very specific things, goal line offense, mm-hmm. special teams, whatever you want to call it, something like that. Uh, and then Friday, rest day, just or travel day, if you will. Mm-hmm. Saturday, compete. Now, even if I'm not competing, I'm an open mat, and I'll flat out sit there and tell uh, the toughest guys in the room, and our open mat's always nuts. There's anywhere between at, the, at least 50 people in there, <laughs> And sometimes you get like 90 people in there and some people from all different schools and everything uh-huh. come in, a whole bunch of black belts. I can honestly sit there and tell you for like this whole year, we've had at least, bare minimum, a dozen black belts in there and we're all trying to kill each other. Uh-huh. So I'll literally just grab, it's picking the litter. I'm like, I'll just grab, it. before you leave, I need a round. Before you leave, I need a round. Before you need a leave, I need a round. Or if that's like two, two hours long, maybe a little bit longer. Just depends when we're all done. So I'll warm up the first half hour of mat, take a couple of rounds off. And then at that point, it was just the people I lined up. Okay, you're my first round. You're my second round. You're my third round. You're my semifinal. You're my final. Let's go. And then after that, once I hit that number, whatever number I want, um, at that point, it's just like, now it's just fun time. I'm just going to drill if I have a juice left. What is that number based off of? Uh, so I base that number um, based, I, I, I base that number on the big tournament that's coming up for me. Yeah. And the, and the maximum amount of matches that I could potentially have. For example, World Masters, as of this morning, uh, 43 competitors. Okay. So, uh, assuming I don't get the buy, six matches. So yeah. for me... Because it's really common for Mark Vivas to not get the buy, you know? <laughs> well, I, I never assume you get the buy, uh-huh. right? But, you know, I always prep for that, that, uh-huh. that, that extra match. So, six matches. So, I will sit there, warm up, two or three rounds, just whatever on open mat. Do them like back to back to back, whatever. Take a round or two off. At that point, my tournament started. Now, uh, because the rounds are, you know, just, it's just naturally just going rounds and stuff, right? I will, and everyone's always usually rolling. Yeah. Uh, I might do like two rounds back to back with those guys that I kind of sequestered, if you will. I basically kind of called out, for lack of better terms. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Josh, Bryce, all right, you two guys, don't leave. Make sure you do not leave. We're definitely going to be rolling. And we're going to, and we're going to go. Okay. So, like, all right, go there. Probably take a round off, do another two, round off, do another, like, 
do what I'm do what I need to do until mm-hmm. I'm basically done until I hit whatever number I want to hit. And it feels competitive. It feels like a tournament because in a tournament you do get time off in between exactly. matches. A little bit. Uh huh. And that makes that's a, such a that's such a tough thing that always that people will tell me that they struggle with when it comes to turning competition. You know, going from the gym to competition is that man we do thirty second breaks in the gym. So your you know your remedy is those two hour yeah, open mat. I'm gonna train when I need to. Exactly. Know? Like I, when, I, when I need to, and I will always make sure, sometimes if you go back to back, and I mean, it depends on who's there and if someone's like a little injured and so forth and so on and what. And I know that there's other people in my gym, other members in my gym that follow the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They have their own, for lack of a term, agenda or, 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 or a syllabus, if you want to call it, that they're, you know, list the hit list, if you will, on a, at an open mat that they're trying to hit. Uh-huh. So they like just to make sure that like if there's someone that I'm looking for, let's just say for example, I know that I'm going to be competing against someone that has your game. I will make sure that you take a round off before we go, mm-hmm. and I'll take a round off too. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I just finished a round and I got you. Like you know, I saw you just finished round. Like we're taking this round off and we're going next round after that, and like we're good to go. So I try to kind of time it like that if I can. How long have you been following this routine? Uh, Since knee surgery, <laughs> since twenty third, uh, since twenty fourteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. And so, what has I guess that's seven years? Mm-hmm. What would you say has changed the most about? Because it's not like you didn't compete before then, right? Um, but what has changed the most in uh, not not your results, but just your feel of competition? Is there any big changes since you've been following this routine? Well, a couple things actually. So um, let me kind of take a little bit of step back. Uh, in 2013, I completely tore up my knee. Uh-huh. It was just, put it this way, the surgeon looked at it, looked at, looked at everything. And uh, he, actually, at my post-op is hilarious because he's just like, okay, so it's just this ligament. We're going to go and repair it and stuff, and we'll take a look at everything else. That surgery was was supposed to be basically just under three hours. Uh-huh. That was a seven-hour surgery. <laughs> uh, I remember I was coming to, and you know how, you know, uh, well, I don't know if you've ever had any surgery done, but, you know, you're like, Everyone says this too. When, when you first come, like come back or come to, uh, everyone's thirsty. Uh-huh. Like you're completely thirsty. I'm like, I need water. Yeah. And like you're raspy and everything. I need water. Like no. Because <laughs> like you're intubated and everything, right? I need water. They're like, no, no, you can't drink water. But we can give you ice. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So yeah. you're just like, you're just munching on ice the whole time. So I'm coming to, and my surgeon is right in front of me. He says like, so surgery? Well, I mean, it was successful. We did, we did it. We we fixed everything. And I was like, I'm just like chopping on ice the whole time. Like I don't hear anything you're uh-huh. saying because I'm chopping ice so loud. Uh, and and then he told me like, yeah, so surgery was supposed to be three hours. It was like seven hours. And we found some stuff and we fixed everything. And I'm like, okay. And I remember getting wheeled out, <laughs> like you know, to go home. And I'm like, it was daytime. <laughs> And now it's like, I'm looking, I finally look at my watch. I'm like, what? And I'm like, what is going on? It's 9 p.m. Like, there's no one around. I'm like, it's just pitch black dark and like, whatever. I'm like, whatever. Anyways, um, post-op was like, you know, and that surgery took place on Friday. Post-op was Monday. And he, that's what he told me. He's just like, yeah, I have no idea how your knee was holding together. Like, you had one ligament that we didn't touch. That was it. Wow. We touched everything but your ACL. Like we had to do something to everything else but your ACL, uh, to every to every other ligament except for your ACL. 
And they're like, your musculature in your leg was so strong that it just held it together. And we don't know how that did that. So um, the thing is back in uh, like 2013, I, like, you know, after, uh, after I was cleared to do stuff, um, I had to relearn how to do everything, everything. Uh, and, um, you know, I finally, I sat there and, uh, started listening to my like, coaches, my strength coaches and my, uh, my rehab team. That's when I actually started kind of like bringing together this crazy, ridiculous team that kind of just always, you know, puts Humpty Dumpty back together again. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's Sam Spiegelman, who's, uh, my MAT guy and also like, uh, works a little bit with my strength conditioning. Um, Olin Krutz, godsend. Oh, having Owen Krutz for, um, should be a Hall of Famer. Um, former Chicago Bear, trains offensive linemen. I work out in his private gym. Uh, just seeing him work and kind of just lis- listening to that talk, that's how I kind of got on that plan. And I'll get back to that side. Like how I got into that like regiment, if you will, competing every weekend. Uh-huh. Um, just literally watching him like go through that stuff. Uh, Jason Gusick, uh, who's Eddie Wyman's strength coach, um, he kind of, uh, the owner, the head of Conjugate Tactical, he's affiliated with Westside Barbell. Donnie Thompson, uh, between Donnie Thompson and Owen Cruz, they introduced me to body tempering. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Jack Cambria, who is like Owen Cruz's like neighbor back in Hawaii, he actually does my strength programming. Uh, so shout out to him, Fifty Barbell on Instagram. Um, he's awesome, and I love him. He's crazy. He's crazy like me. I love it. Uh, and um, who else? I got like. Farah, Dr. Farah from Kyra Recovery, uh, Paul from Neuro Reset Protocol, all these different people that I've met and like have learned from to help me kind of just keep going. Mm-hmm. And they, I know there's more. I just haven't had a chance to like, you know, that's, there's a lot of people, but I have a whole army behind me. Uh, even even like uh, Orlando at Health Cake in Morton Grove, uh, Morton Grove, Illinois, he like, he sat me down um, after I kind of got back and he, he sat me down. He's, I've known that guy for years, ever since I was in high school, actually. And he sat me down. He's just like, okay, Mark, if you want to become an athlete, you got to stop eating Taco Bell late at night and doing all this and all this other stuff and cutting weight by just, you know, I used to cut weight. I used to cut weight by eating a box of Pop-Tarts. That's throughout the day. I would buy a box of Pop-Tarts and that's what I would eat all throughout the day. Like Measured calories. Here. Makes sense. Yeah. One popped out here, everything like that. And then uh, kids don't do this at home. But at night, what I would do is I would slug a bottle of wine while I'd be play video games. And I'd sit there and just fall asleep like this and pass out. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to drink this as fast as I can. And when it hits, I'll just pass out. I just wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh. Well, it's time for a Pop-Tart. Yeah. And <laughs> s'mores Pop-Tarts. So, I mean, but that's what I would do to go, wait, don't do that. And that's funny. I was going to tell everyone else something different. But, um, you know, I told people, like, how to do it, right? But uh-huh. Don't do what I do. Yeah. It's, it's not right. It's not right at all. But um, he sat me down, uh, and he was, he was just like, okay, you got to start basically supplementing everything that you're eating and not Pop-Tarts and all that other stuff like a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. So all these, all these guys, this whole team got me to start treating myself like a professional athlete. I don't do it 100% of the time and stuff like that. I would say that if I had to put a number or percentage to it, I'm like at 55% doing what everyone's telling me to do. <laughs> like, you know, I'm a dad. I got three kids. I got all this other stuff to do. But I think with that, um, you know, when I think about friends that I have that are competitive jiu-jitsu athletes, I know very few that put the same 
thought into the regimen, the same thought right. into, and the same consistency. Uh, you know, I think that it's it's something that not a lot of people do. But if you know, in jujitsu, you see a lot of really good jujitsu athletes. You see a lot of good competitors. Is there something big that you see missing from a lot of the competitors that you go, man? If they would just do this, it would be so helpful. There's a couple, yeah, like, but like you said, there's uh, so many different competitors, so many different types. Um, there's a lot of them. Some of the world class competitors, they they break down. Yeah. So they yeah. don't actually take enough time to recover. Uh, they don't work on their mobility enough. Some of them need to lift. Like they're just not strong enough to handle certain weight classes or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's all. Everyone needs something different. It's it's it's. Uh, there's a formula to it, but but everyone's formula is different. Yes. That's you know. So for example, um, I'm like working with a couple. I'm, I'm working with a couple of people, a couple of members, my just a couple of competitors, and trying to get them stronger and so forth and so on. I was telling you a little bit about it last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first six months, I basically just kind of made cookie cutter for them, but now I can actually see where each what each person needs to kind of be working on. Uh, one individual I'm working with, he needs to work more on his mobility. Uh, one other competitor needs to work more on symmetrical strength. Uh, the other person needs to sit there work a little bit more on their form. Um, one person needs to be, like be a little bit more explosive when they actually do their movements uh, because they're just not fast enough. They're kind of slowing themselves down. But I think the main thing, if I could choose one thing, uh, well, I'm going to choose two because we're all guilty of the second one. Um, recovery. Some people overtrain way too much. Um, especially at the master's level. Mm-hmm. The way I look at it in the master's level is that we're all on pitch counts. Yeah. Uh, there's only so much we can do. Uh, within a day, so much we can do within a week, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So some people just consistently overtrain. will just break themselves down and don't know how to actually kind of take their foot off the gas. Um, they just break down. You just never hear from them again. Like they're just gone. Uh, but again, at the master's level, two priorities. You know, everyone's got different things. But I've seen some like master's competitors just completely break down. Uh-huh. They're like, okay, I'm done. My knees just it's you know, it's not gonna work anymore. My back's just not gonna work anymore. You can see the way that they walk, and they don't really want to take the time to. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna kind of use this guy because I think it's the most appropriate. They don't want to invest the time and like the resources, so to speak, on actually kind of really taking care of themselves and the upkeep, if you will. That makes sense. Uh, so there's that. And um, number two, uh, diet. Yeah. Everyone like messes up on that. And that's true too. Cause I, I will say that, you know, it's me, I've been essentially on the warrior diet, like the whole, this whole time for like the past 15 years, to be honest with you, which is basically I usually just eat one meal a day. Uh-huh. Big, I'll graze when I want to graze, if you if you will. But then, you know, if I feel hungry, I'll eat something, just something small throughout mm-hmm. the day. Um, but at night, I'll just eat whatever the hell I want. And the funny thing about it is that I don't really eat that unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, I rarely, 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 rarely eat fast food. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless, like, my kids bring it, bring it home. <laughs> and then there's leftovers. But I rarely don't eat fast food. Uh, I, I rarely, yeah, rarely do not eat fast food. Um, like... Right now, there's two weeks till World Masters. Uh, like tonight, if we go grab something to eat after we train and stuff, I could, I'll eat whatever I want. I'll be kind of like 
it's not going to be that big of what you're mm-hmm. stopping. It might not be the most healthy thing, but at the same time, it's like, eh, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Hey guys, Josh here. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast with actually some bad news. I have good news, but I have bad news. And the bad news is our brand new instructional How to Learn Jiu-Jitsu is only going to be available until September 1st. On September 1st, we are putting it back into the vault. That will allow us to uh, add more content to it and uh, and bring it back eventually. And, and we will bring it back, but it will not be available for purchase after September 1st. So if you want to check out how to learn jujitsu this instructional by myself and my dad where we look at all these different training methods that we have discovered over the last 15 years of training together and we take you through an actual training session of ours and show you exactly how we progress at jujitsu and exactly how we train jujitsu uh, you can go to simplifyingjujitsu.com slash learn to check out how to learn jujitsu but don't forget this sale, the sale on how to learn jujitsu only lasts until September 1st. If you've purchased it already, you have it forever. You don't have to worry about losing it. But if you have not purchased it yet, you have to go before September 1st. Again, this is only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash learn. Let's get back to the episode. It's really not that my body is feeding for that. So I'll eat it. It's not a big deal. And, and something I found, because we talked, it's been a few months now since we talked about just having a program, having a routine, right. and I've been applying it a lot to my training and, and the way I look at jujitsu. But something that I've noticed is, obviously I was trying to cut a weight class too, so that is a big yeah. reason. But your diet naturally starts to clean up because you go, man, I have to train tomorrow right. morning. And if I eat this, I'm not going to feel good. Correct. You know, I'm these guys that all try to kill me every, you know, Tuesday, they're going to try to kill me right. t- tomorrow, Absolutely. you know? Uh, it's, it's like, it's like, um, like, uh, one of, one of my, uh, one of our teammates, we always go to this one place and I'll take you guys there if you always want, cause their kitchen closes like at, new, at midnight rather. And, uh, like I walk in, I'm a regular, I'm there like almost every single day. Like I walk in and they're like. Which one of the three things that you normally get when you like to eat? <laughs> and I'll sit at the bar and sign. I'm like, I'm that, I'm that lonely guy at the bar that just sits there by himself, just like answering emails. <laughs> they walk in. I don't even order stuff. They just drop it off to me and stuff. And it's hilarious. I find it hilarious. I like like one of those guys. And I'm like not trying to creep anybody. I'm literally just sitting in the corner, just trying to like you know be by myself. And uh, yeah, and like just it's it's always like a piece of steak with like a bunch of spinach, or like chicken rice. Mm-hmm. Chicken mash, whatever. It, it, it doesn't really matter to me. But like, if I need to cut weight or if I need to sit there and do anything, okay, like, okay, let's not eat rice. Let's not eat like if I need to lose a little weight. All right, cool. Let's not eat rice. Let's not eat the mashed potatoes and stuff like that. Let's just kind of substitute for, sub it for something else. Not a big deal. So that brings me to something that you're really good at, um, even with your diet. Uh, you are so good at doing things by feel. Yes. Uh, you, your jujitsu is so, it's so by feel you're so much of your stuff. You are just so good at, uh, and you'll explain it to me and then we'll talk about it and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, he just felt his way, you know, through that, the way he taught the way, whatever. And, um, uh, 
So is that something that, is that like a reason that having a regimen is helpful for you is because then it gives you a little more structure? It is, absolutely. And um, getting back to your first original question about what have I learned through this whole kind of like whole process is that, you know, I, it gave me a rigid structure to follow. Yeah. And what it was is that like once, you know, I blind, like not blindly, but I just sat there and bought into it a hundred percent. And for the first year, maybe even more, more, I, I absolutely followed it to a T. Mm -hmm. If I needed to do this, if my uh, strength coach sat there and and programming said, I need to do all these things, I'm doing it hundred percent. Like, you know, no matter how much it broke me or whatever the case may be, it's just like doing it. Like that's it. Um, but after a while, I realized, like, you know, there's certain things I don't necessarily need to do as much mm-hmm. uh, or things like that. Because, like, you know, that's why I started developing that feel, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, but I needed that that regiment first, that initial thing. I needed that that 12-step plan yeah. to, like, sit there and follow. Uh, and then now when I sit there and see things, it's just like, okay, I can introduce that. This is where I can introduce it and so forth and so on. I can, when I get the programming, I'm like, okay. I know because I have this tournament coming up or whatever the case may be, this might kind of put me out a little bit. So I'll sit there and kind of like go a little lighter here and so forth and so on. I started really listening to my body. Uh-huh. Uh, if it feels I need this, if I, if I need a little sugar, a little pick-me-up, okay, I'll eat sugar. It's not a bit, it's not that big a deal to me. Um, yeah, it's, it doesn't really stop me from competing and stuff or doing anything or training the next day or whatever. Uh, everything in, ex- of course, everything in, quote, moderation, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, there's, you know, you win something big or whatever, you're going to go party. Of like, course. Whatever, right? Of course, whatever. But that's fine. Takes you out for maybe a day or two <laughs> or three. And after that, you just get, you know, jump back on the wagon, if you will, uh-huh. or off, on, off, whatever <laughs> it is. And you just get back on the regiment. That's it. It's not a real big deal. You just clean up. Everything just kind of goes back to normalizes and you're literally right back on track. And I think that anyone, doesn't matter what age, you are, uh, but especially if you're a master's competitor, you've got to get in that regiment. You've got to sit there and just follow, follow the structure, if you will. Follow, like follow it, and just take the time to do so, and really kind of stick to it. Yes, you. Everyone is going to kind of deviate a little bit from the set plan because you know, for example, um, for strength training, right? Okay, cool. Or for like, even if you just come up with a drill plan, if you will, for jujitsu. All right, I need to work passing and stuff, but you're already a good passer. Okay, well, go work something else. <laughs> this is what it is. It's not that you know. It just it can. It's just going to eventually kind of get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's that's the biggest thing that I've learned, and I think that through doing that for so many years and kind of really sticking to it, it's allowed me to be like, okay, I can peel off a little bit here. I can do this. I can do that. I just need to turn this on here. Uh, like for example, I was telling you last night too. Uh, we're doing nothing. Like, um, I train Yogi once, a, like on a once, maybe twice a week, if that, right? And if I'm prepping for something for Yogi, I will just drop the gi for a couple weeks, just focus on it for like a week. I remember, mm-hmm. gosh, this one time I took second at uh, Nogi Worlds, Master Two, and I recall I was uh, I was spending like a week with John Gutto. Uh huh. I was over there, and then literally, I just signed up on the last day for Nogi Worlds, and we were just joking around. The very next morning, I go to John. Well, it looks like I'm doing Nogi Worlds with you guys and stuff. So, I'm doing Nogi Worlds, I might wanna put down the gi. 
and I literally trained. I had four training sessions just to kind of re-familiarize myself with everything and so forth and so on. Just to kind of like get back, get the feel, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and it took a second. I was like, yeah. all right, cool, right on. So then, uh, but I think that once we've been doing this for so long, you can kind of, you know, it just comes back to you like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes like, okay, well, like, you know, if you haven't ridden a bike for a little bit, just kind of get on it and like have to burn fall off it once you're like okay let's not do that again and then just kind of go it's kind of like the same thing through training and through just the re- like being regimented with everything you just kind of like okay i know i need more of this so mm-hmm. you just kind of do it that's it so cameraman bryce what's our time right now 30 minutes. all right sweet good Thanks. so um these kind of i i kind of had two questions but i can think i can combine them into one uh you talked about um, first, you talked about how overtraining is this yes. this big battle, this big hurdle that you know we all seem to, to struggle right. to deal with. Uh, first, is there anything that you could say? You know, hey, this is something that shows that you are overtrained. Um, do you have any kind of like, or for yourself even, if you know that you're overtrained? It's tough. Uh, so overtraining's again, it's a tricky thing because yeah. like you could have a bad day and just be like. Sometimes it's just having a bad day rolling where your timing's off and you, you're not grip fighting correctly or your guard is like, you know, you feel like a disconnect between, you just like, for example, if you're playing open guard, you feel a disconnect between how fast your, your guard recovery and like going from guard recovery, going to like, going from guard recovery to guard control with hooks and grips and then going like shifting to an attacking. Uh-huh. Sometimes for me, that's usually like the big thing if I'm like, oh. I'm literally just guard recovering all day long. Uh-huh. And I'll be like, and I'll get control and all of a sudden I'm not doing anything immediately. I'm not trying to off balance my opponent or anything. I'm like, ooh. That to me is just like, that's the first thing I'll sit there and ask myself after training. I'm like, I might need to take a day off, but let's see a little bit first, right? I'll kind of like wait and see how I feel the next morning. And but for me, that's usually like a big telltale sign. But it's different. It is different for everyone. Um, one, if you're hurt, don't, you know, like uh, there's that one movie, the, the program, right? Are you hurt or are you injured? First off, if you're injured, you should be on the damn man. Mm-hmm. If you're hurt, that's fine. You can try. It's like, a, you know, the younger guys will try to sit there and kind of like, you know, keep going through things. But at the same time, like if something hurts, if your back is just sore because you're, for whatever reason and stuff, right? Peel off. Peel off of it a little bit. Um, let's go back to like weight training. If your programming says you need to hit a one rep max and your one rep max, let's just say you deadlift and you normally do 405, four plates. Uh, you're trying to build up to that. Your program says, says do that. But you all of a sudden, like you're peaking at, I don't know, 315, three plates each side. And your body just does not feel good to go any higher than that. That's it. We're done. You got your heavy max for the, you got your heavy one rep max for the day. Mm-hmm. That is a huge sign as well, too. If you know that you can do something that you know, if you can't do something you know you could normally do, take a day off. You're not, something's wrong. So something's completely off. Peel off, move on to the next thing. So, so what's an off day look like for you? Uh, for me, I still teach and everything else. So I get active rest all the time. So uh-huh. I teach, demonstrating moves, drilling really lightly, doing warm ups and things like that. Um, that to me is like, no, I still will do something like that. It's not training, so to speak. For me, it's just everyday moving. I think all of us need to move every single day, especially the masters. Uh, but 
there's that. I, I try to lift as often as I can, but I spend a lot of time, uh, spend a lot of time in that foam roller, lacrosse balls, mm-hmm. massage chair. <laughs> Love it. No, uh, but uh, a lot of stretching. I do a lot of preventative work now. Uh, my chiropractor has, these, has me doing these daily exercises to just maintain certain levels of mobility and make sure that there's no scar tissue or there's the least amount of scar tissue on my body. So I mean, the, the, like I'm constantly doing that. I will be, I'm, I'm almost, I'm basically at the gym every day and I'm on the mats and I'm doing something every single day. Yeah. But I know that if I take, if I do choose to roll on an off day, my pitch count is like, uh, I have like a daily round pitch count. Uh-huh. Uh, wherein I do not exceed a certain amount of number of rounds. Mm-hmm. So on an off day, that's five rounds, that's it. That's like five rounds of just kind of moving around. Yeah. Or time, like 30 minutes, that's it. Uh, on, a, like on, at an open mat, I won't do more than 14 rounds. Mm-hmm. Either during that two hour, two hour, during that two hour period. So, or two, two and a half hour period. And you, and you know these things, these things you get from knowing your body, exactly. kind of back to get, do, being able to do things exactly. by feel. Right, that's, that's exactly it. If somebody, because there are definitely people you know and I know that just struggle to do things by feel, where would be a good place to start if somebody was dealing with that? Well, I, that's the thing. Uh, we all know that one person in the gym that just will go to every single class, will go crazy and stuff like uh-huh. that. Um, I was like that too. I was like that too. Like, you know, it's, I remember when I tore my knee, my, like Robin, Robin Wirtz, who, uh, he, he was my PT. He was my, uh, a physical therapist. And he was the one who like really kind of like gave me a talk to, uh, he, he's out in Boise now, but anyways, he sat there and said, my problem with you is not making you do something. All right. My problem with you is getting you to stop. Mm-hmm. So he had to think about creative ways to show that I wasn't ready to come back yet. Yeah. So he's a smart guy. Uh, he he coincidentally sat there and had his PT clinic at a uh, strength and conditioning place uh, called TC Boost, and it just so happened to be uh, that time of year where everyone was getting ready for the NFL Combine. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he would have me do drills that like NFL players would do as well too on field turf and uh-huh. and everything like that to, uh, you know, he just threw out the normal recovery plan, uh-huh. plan and he made me do this. And it was funny because he would just yell at me. He's just like, Mark, stop trying to get drafted. <laughs> you will never get drafted. So stop trying to compete with the college, like <laughs> college graduates. It's not happening. Uh-huh. Don't do it. So, uh, it's, that's the hard, that's the tough one. When you encounter someone like that who just won't stop, they, and they won't tell you how tired they are and they just keep going. Yeah. Uh, those are the people who usually sit there and kind of have it in their head with, like, you know, kind of have it in their head, like, you know, I can't take a rest because my competition's not resting. Uh huh. I get that. I'm crazy too. But like, uh, those are the hard ones to spot. You know, it's, because uh, you almost have to, kind of like roll with them almost every single round. Yeah. And like when they feel the drop off, when you feel something go off, like go wrong, like, okay, why are you feeling like that in the third round, like during sparring? Yeah. In our hour-long sparring session. Like there's something wrong. Sit down, you're done for the day. 
I, I've been fortunate enough to like, you know, catch some of my competitors like that. I'll be rolling them. I'm like, you are not feeling right. What's wrong? Man, I feel like this thing. Like, Sit down, you're done. Like, you're done. And I don't want to see you until, like, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't want to see you tomorrow. I'll see you maybe the day after until you're fine. Yeah. Like, maybe, maybe you're dehydrated or whatever. Um, one of our mutual friends and one of our members, Han. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter had to sit there and tell me and say, Han won't tell you this, but this is what he's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And it's true. He's one of those guys. He yeah. just will show up to every single class and will every single round. Every single doesn't want to rest or do anything like that. So I literally had to kick him out of class for a week. I'm like, I don't want to see him. Like I, like I hear on the DL, on the not so DL, if you will, that you are that this, 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 this is wrong. Well, I've just made a proclamation and I put it like, like in our own little kind of like group and stuff like that. I'm just like, I, you are banned from the gym up until for, for the next four days. You're gone. That's, that's it. Like, you know, that's like me as a coach, as a, like the coaching competitor, that's the best thing I could do for you. Chill out. You are allowed to come in and lift lightly, but you're not allowed to put on a gi. You're not allowed to do anything. That's like, no, like you're, you're done for four days. Hey guys, Josh here. Just wanted to interrupt the podcast really quick and tell you about something really exciting that we have going on. It's simplifyingjujitsu.com. Right now, my second ebook is available at simplifyingjujitsu.com. It is called The Three Lenses. It is written about training method and most importantly, what training methods will work for you as an individual. If you know how you best learn jujitsu, you can start to build a routine and build a schedule to progressive jujitsu way faster than you ever have before and this ebook that is absolutely free the three lenses will help you do that again this is only available at simplifyingjujitsu.com slash three that is simplifyingjujitsu.com slash the number three let's get back to the episode so so how I guess if you don't have that coach that that tells you that, how do you, how do you is there a way to identify it in yourself? And just is it just going to be, hey, I can usually do this, it's not working, or is it going? That's to, the best way. Yeah, that's the best way. But the thing is that that's another thing too. You need to kind of set. You need to keep track of everything. You need to like kind of record it, keep benchmarks, if you yeah. will, of what you're capable of doing. Um, again, taking it back to like lifting, strength training. Uh, you need to sit there and kind of like, uh, I, this is the way I look at it. There is dynamic strength, if you will. And then there's maximal strength, like mm-hmm. max effort power and everything. And then there's optimal weight. So what I found through so many years of just trial and error and everything like that is I know that like in order for me to work my speed, like for example, to get my explosiveness up and like keep it where it is, um, You'll see it today, actually, like some of the guys today, like that'll be lifted. Uh, I need to be able to sit there and move X amount of weight at X amount of velocity. And there's ways to measure that. So, uh-huh. so okay, there's that. All right, that's my dynamic strength. Then there's like my maximal strength, my pure power. All right, cool. As much as I can until I can't do this. All right. Uh, for example, like if I deadlift, right? I, uh, I'll deadlift whatever, whatever it is, 400 plus, whatever it is. And then, uh, like, from on a maximum strength. On a good day, it'll be like 435 or 455, something like that. Uh, yeah, on a bad day, it'll be like 
335, something like that. Um, on a speed day, I only want to lift like about like 225, 265, something like that, somewhere around that range. But I, what that, but the, throughout that spectrum though, that like my max effort day, let's just say like 405 is like, you know, I can't, I can't do any more than that. On a speed day, I'll sit there and do like 225, whatever. I was able to sit there and kind of figure out as long as I can go to the gym and lift and pull, like and lift a deadlift, 365, one time, no pain or anything like that. Uh-huh. I'm as strong as I can be. I I'm exactly where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, you know, everyone's finding that. So I tell like the people I kind of help with and stuff like that, I'm like, you need to kind of keep track of what that is. And if you're not hitting that optimal number, take it out. You're done. You're done training. Like, you know, like we're, we're done here. Like, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to do. Just work on your accessories. If anything like that, stretch, yeah. make sure you can move, ice some, ice whatever you need to ice, take the next day off. Don't show up. But so my best, best advice to anyone who is kind of like trying to follow some sort of program like that is if you know that you can, like in jujitsu, if you know that you can sit there and roll five rounds straight, like, uh, or like I say, a half hour straight, and you're not really that tired afterwards and you can know you can do it the next day, great. But if all of a sudden you train a half hour straight and then the next day you know you're gassing like at the 20 minute mark, hmm, that's, that should be a telltale sign for you. Little things like that it should, be, should be able to tell you a lot about what's going on in your body and Man, your training. That's something I ignore once a week, Mark. That was, that's okay. That's good. Uh, let's talk. Let's shift a little bit into competition mindset. Okay. And for you, I know that the competition mindset starts at sign up. Correct. Tell me about sign up. Yes. Tournament just gets announced. How's it going? Oh, uh, it is a it is a race to my phone. Like race to my phone. Well, first off, uh, like I'll tell you right now, I'll sit there. I have, and I will show you. <laughs> I have this page. I, 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 would, I like you know I have the, I like and I'll show everybody here. Overall rankings for Master Four. Okay. <laughs> The schedule, every tournament I've signed up for, like so, every tournament that just I've opened, up for, just opened it's on open, the phone. it's open as a page, and I will constantly hit refresh because I'm neurotic like that. And so it's five o'clock, right? It's about five five p.m. right now, Central Standard Time. I will go to the schedule. I will hit refresh, right? So then you just scroll down and like right now, like early this morning while uh-huh. I was you know using the using the facilities, if you will. I uh-huh. saw that Charleston opened up. And I was tempted to register for it, but it's Halloween weekend. And okay. I, I've got things to do and stuff like that during Halloween. But I will sit there and I will immediately just look and see what's open. And if I see that, like I saw that this morning. <laughs> what it is, right? And you were saying, you know what? I could do, I could oh, do Charleston. It's for me, I just already sit there and will click on it. And I will just, it'll just be a race to sit there and sign up as fast as humanly, humanly possible. I... The great words of the philosopher Ricky Bobby: "You're either first or last." Uh huh. So I'm competing with everyone else out there to sign to be the first person to sign up at that tournament. Sometimes it, I lose. <laughs> Who's is I anybody lose. ever commonly beat you? No. Okay. There's no, no, no repeat not, offenders. No repeat offenders. Han tries to. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> he tries his best. He's a thorn in the side, man. I know. He just says that. <laughs> no, I love Han, but um, he. I'm sorry, um, but I will sit there, and if I can't be the first one to sign up for the tournament overall, sometimes it's just some random 
Master 3 blue belt or something like uh -huh. that. Random, right? Uh, I definitely try to be the first black belt, and I definitely try to be the first Master 4 black belt. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's... I try to clean the division. Like, uh, like I try to sit there and like put my flag in the country and just be like, okay, this is now my country. This is now my division. All of you, move out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you choose to sit there and sign up for it, we're going to go. They're choosing to fight you. Exactly. They made a choice. Mm -hmm. They made a choice. So it's almost like a personal slap in your face. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, but that's the way I, that's the way I was like raised. That's the way I was like, you know, just bred and stuff. So that's, that's how competitive I am. Um, but to me, that puts me in the mindset already. Like this is, my, I've, I've committed to it. Yeah. And within the next 24 hours, I'll have my hotel booked. I'll have my flight already done. Car, if I need a car, it's all taken care of. I'm like, I'm done. Like, no thought into it after not, that. No thought. No thought in any way, shape, or form. I'm committed. I'm 100% sold on it. It's now time for me to put my mindset on. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, this is a tournament I'm doing. If I'm doing a tournament uh, right after that, I'm doing another one. Boom, boom, boom. It's just, that's my season. My season, mm -hmm. if you will. I am literally just going right through it. I'm just kind of like, just trucking through everything. And so then you go from that's your mindset now. Let's say you're at the venue. Where's your mindset at? Just you just get there. Where's your mindset at? If you just get there, uh, it's funny. I always tell everyone, um, yeah, I, you know, first when you get there, you're pretty relaxed and stuff like that. Like you go in there, like yeah, I gotta, I gotta do my social walk. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, you, 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 you gotta yeah. shake everybody's yeah, yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta kiss the babies and uh -huh. shake, you know, shake, shake the hands and stuff like that. Uh, say hi to people and everything. Um, so you do all that. It's usually fine. But even before that, though, it's pretty okay. I'm so superstitious. I'm ridiculously so superstitious. So my routine, and like you know, the night before is exactly the same. Morning of, exactly the same. Play the same playlist. Like driving to the venue or getting to the venue. Uh, once I get to the venue, I'm actually pretty chill. Like, uh huh. Whatever, whatever, right? But it's then you know when it comes time to sit there and start getting ready for division, it's just like okay, it's ultra focus time. It's get back to the regiment. Get back to the structure, like, like, and it takes a while. That I actually tell the competitors too. Um, it takes a while to kind of find a structure that works for you. Yeah. To get ready to warm up. Um, me being on the older side, Master Four, like you know, my warm up time is only getting longer. I mm -hmm. need to do a lot more just to prepare my body to like to go to war, so to speak, to get into a battle or get into a get into a fight. But um, you know, it's but it's pretty consistent. My warm up routine is very very consistent. And to me, the when I warm up, I'm done warming up and everything like that. To me, it is the real kind of narrowing, if you will, like you know, the real focusing time is me walking to the walking to the actual uh, bullpen, walking to check in. That to me is like okay. There's really no going back now. So you're not you're not even even in your warm up. You're just warming up. Yeah. You're not. Uh, I stay strict on that wall. I stay. I stay. I stay the plan, so to speak. Yeah. So everything's like time for me. And so you're not thinking about your first opponent. Still, you're not thinking about well, that. Time's already done. That time's already done. So for me, it is all uh, again the superstitious kind of person. Me. I have a playlist that literally. It's funny. I have a at home playlist when I'm at the Chicago State, when I'm at the Chicago Open or what have you, uh -huh. where I know I'm gonna be coaching. It's like a faster condensed version. And then I have a playlist, which is like my road playlist where I can really take my time to do whatever the hell I wanna do. Uh, but I know at that point, at a certain point, when this song hits, I need to be here. When this song hits, I need to be here. And I just keep on following that regimen, if you will, that structure. 
Uh, but all of like the main stuff is like the strategizing and like all that thinking about my opponent doesn't really, it's all done. Yeah. It's all done. So when I warm up, I'm warming up. It's just like, get this right, get this right, get this to feel like this, get this to feel like this, get my body moving like this, get my heart rate up here. Um, cause that it's all winning the little small battles yeah. that are going to sit there and help me win the war, so to speak. So, but for me, I don't think about my opponent again until I start like marching my way towards the, towards the uh, bullpen. So now you're in the bullpen. Where's your mindset at? Uh, usually because I get buys. I'm literally just staring down match. Uh-huh. <laughs> like literally just watching. Okay. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. So this is where we're going today. Mm-hmm. So for me, I try to have, uh, I try to have a plan already of like what I want to do in my match all the time. Everyone should. Uh, but at the same time, you always have to have that plan B, if you will, mm-hmm. it's like, like within a match. So I rehearse things in my mind very quickly about like the three phases of a match for me. I think there's three phases, the YouTube phase, the final phase, and the Hail Mary phase. So I go through all three uh, in a very short period of time. Like this, like, you know, the YouTube phase, this is what's going to happen. This is like, if I can make a quick, I don't know, 60 second reel uh-huh. <laughs> or, what, or what have you, this is how it's going. I've seen you in the YouTube phase before, Mark. I've coached you in the YouTube phase before. So it's like, this is how it's going down. I'm going to hit this, which is going to lead to this, which is going to lead to this, and I'm going to get this, and that's it. Uh, And then if none of that works, uh, it's the funnel phase. Or let's just say he completely takes me out of that plan. Okay, I need to funnel him into one of certain positions. So um, I've always taught jiu-jitsu. I've always sat there and looked at jiu-jitsu as a black belt. Uh, uh, I describe it as the black hole theory. I don't know if we ever talked about that. I don't think so. But I sit there and uh, I just go on a tangent real quick. Um, I explained it to Ashram uh, one time. I took him to Panera and I kind of drew it out on a piece of paper. White belts think like this. A, then B, then C, then D. Blue belts kind of think the kind of same way with some little bit of devi- deviation. and But they kind of slur the letters. Uh-huh. That, uh-huh. Right? Purple belts kind of think uh, you know, like they Going from A, it'll be like B1, B2, B3. And then it kind of just branches out. Yeah. Um, brown belts think more like a tree. It's going to look like a tree. It's going to start here. It just branches out, and all of a sudden, you got this big willow tree. It's like huge. It's like, what the hell? Uh, and then you get the black belt, and then it just all implodes. It literally just it gets too big for itself. It just implodes because there's just too much jiu-jitsu that we've sat there and gone through and like you know, experienced and everything like that. It just implodes. And your game... Like in the middle of that black hole is basically every finish that you are damn good at, that your your best finishing moves, your best subs, triangles, yeah, triangles, right? <laughs> like whatever, 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 like whatever it is. And there's only so many subs. Yeah. So you're talking about like you know your back chokes, if you will, your arm bars, like triangles, umpladas, kimuras, like straight foot locks, knee bars, or whatever it is. And there's like only so many subs. That is the center of the black hole. And that whole black hole, the outer rim of that black hole, that's your event horizon, right? So all it is is your game is that black hole. So think of it as a guard. Close guard, like normal spider guard, lasso guard, worm guard, sit-up guard, butterfly guard, half guard, Z guard, deep half, all this, add whatever else, right? 50 feet, add all those different guards up. That's that's your the edge of the black hole. Uh-huh. So I am a black hole moving in space, this match, right? And as soon as I, in that funnel phase, it's like really associated with that black hole. Because once I sit there and get you to 
anywhere on that event horizon that gets you sucked into it, you are on a one-way ticket to the center of that black hole, which is going to end. So I don't care where you end up on the edge of there. I just try to funnel you back in all the way to the middle, and it's done, though. So that's you try it. to get, you funnel them to something you're great at. Exactly. That's, that's so like, really I'll, good. Well, actually, all I need to do is, during the middle of the match and stuff, let's just say, for example, uh, I like to, let's just say I like to be on top. I want to, like, focus on passing. But then all of a sudden, like, I get taken down. I'm like, okay, well, this is weird. All right, so then now I have to sit there and kind of, if, I, if that black hole is, like, say, my guard game, if I can just get you into one of these positions that I feel ultra comfortable at, let's just say lasso. Boom, I get you in the lasso. Boom, got it. Cool. Now, at that point here, you're going to be struggling to get out of the event horizon of the black hole, right? But no, if I keep you in there, and now I just start transitioning slowly into all these other things, like maybe we jump in here, but we're getting closer and closer to the center of the black hole, which, you know, is your demise. So that's kind of like how I look at it, uh, that funnel phase. Okay. So I just try to kind of like get some, get my opponent into something I really like to do. And at that point, I'm like, okay, let's wear you down until we get to the middle. And then... If all that goes wrong, <laughs> sometimes it does. Uh huh. Now it's the Hail Mary phase. It's just like, hmm, how much gas do I have in the tank? Yeah. Empty it. Full set. Yeah. Go. Just go and stuff. It's, you know, that sometimes if you're losing, maybe if you're winning and you just want to go for the sub, go for the finish. And you're just, hey, you know, let's, let's try to get back to the highlight reel and stuff like the YouTube phase. All right, cool. Just full set. Hail Mary. If it's the last. If you're up and all of a sudden it's the last match, it's the finals of, say, like, you know, pans and stuff. All right, cool. We got 30 seconds left. Just go. Full send. Hail Mary. Yeah. Just start sending stuff out there and see what happens. You know, at that point, just don't do anything stupid. But, like, you know, just full send. Go for it. But those, to me, are the three phases within every single match. Like, that you know, that makes, it. yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, uh, in those phases, so you always with your, let's say you're prepping for an opponent. Uh, what does just the structure of that prep, you know, you, you say you do your research before, Correct. so you research the guy, you know what he plays. How do you kind of decide what you are going to play against that? So it depends. Um, you know, God, there's so many great competitors out there now. Um, sometimes, like, for example, if I'm going up against uh, someone with a good, like, close guard. Okay, like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to put myself in close guard, the best close guard players that we have in the gym and that I can find out there, uh, and just try to work my way out there, have a good plan. Sometimes it's just as simple as that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and if I feel that I'm lacking in there, I'm like, okay, if this person is a really good close guard player, let's just make sure I get to my game first before. And like, you know, and that might be, okay, let's just say I'm a good half guard passer. All right, cool. I'm going to deny close guard. Period. Yeah. Or if I'm really that scared of close guard, I'm pulling first on this person. Period. Mm -hmm. I don't care if that means I give up an advantage. You know, if, they double, if we double pull and the mm -hmm. person comes up, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. I have to sit there and ensure myself that I'm out of there. And that if, you know, if my plan is to eventually sweep and get the two points back, uh, you know, to make sure, like, you know, if I'm sweep, if I'm sweeping them, to make sure that when I'm coming up to secure the two points. Mm -hmm. That I am not, that I'm like no position to be anywhere near his close guard. Things like that. So I'll drill that. I will drill those, uh, I will drill, the, drill those things. I'll practice it in like live rounds as well too. Where I'll say to myself, that person might not even, let's just say that's the plan, right? I got to pull on this person. Got good, he's got good stand-up. He's got a good close guard. So I don't want to deal with the stand-up and I don't want to deal with the close guard. So I'm going to pull on this person. I don't care what happens. I'm just going to go ahead and. Uh, when I come up, stay out of close guard. 
like it doesn't mean it even matter if you fit fit the bill and fit the description of the person I'm prepping for. I'm still going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to make sure that when I sweep you, that you can't put me in close guard, mm-hmm. like at all. I'll be drilling that over and over and over again in in a live round. That makes sense. It doesn't matter who it is. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then afterwards, like you know, I might try to recreate the situation, or I might be like, okay. This person I'm going with right now doesn't really have a good close guard. Like Mikey doesn't have a good close guard, so I'll, I'll sit there and I'll go in her close guard, and I'll just pretend like do working things like that, or maybe kind of let her work her way back up. I'm like, okay, cool, I'm pulling again and doing it all over again. This uh, kind of brings up this thing me and Bryce were talking about on the. Uh, uh, we were driving to the grocery store this morning. We were talking about training yesterday, and he was saying about Mikey. He's like, she was keeping her sleeve grip away from me, and just wouldn't let me have it. And I said, yeah, Mark and Mikey does it and a lot of his guys do it. They understand that if I'm not losing, I'm winning. Correct. And I just, because that's something you could speak into. Because I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Right. You do it very, very well. Is sometimes it just, just like you were saying, I'm going to take Josh's closed guard away from him. Right. You know, just, uh, can you speak into that a little so bit? So it's, um, so I said this a long time ago to... Uh, Chad Kuhn, who runs East Coast Martial Arts. Uh-huh. And he asked me before, I remember, I forget where we were, but we're out like... Hey, Chad Kuhn, Limitless Limitless Radio, doesn't he have a podcast? Yes. Limitless Radio, shout out Limitless, Limitless Radio. Hi, Chad. <laughs> uh, great beard, I still hope you still have it out. Uh-huh. Like this. Uh, but um, I, ta- I talked to him, we were just talking about it, he's just like, Mark, what's the most important thing that you can say like, you know, in a match? What's the most important concept uh, that you need to understand? I'm like... I, I thought about it. I, I forget what you're reading, but I looked right at him. I'm just like, he who controls the grip controls the fight. So basically, you are dictating where this fight's going to go. So for it's evolved a little bit. Like uh, I try to teach the concept of understanding grips and hooks, especially if someone's playing guards and, guard and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like which are the dominant grips, which are the dominant hooks. And I, it's gone even further than that, saying like, for example, with hooks, you could neutralize all these different things by just by changing the angles. So, for mm-hmm. example, like a collar sleeve double heel, they want to pull you in a certain way. But if I completely change the angle of my posture, mm-hmm. uh, that won't work. Yeah, they have to move. That is a useless grip that they have. So, like for example, Mikey's really good at that. If you roll with um, like Mikey again later on, or you didn't roll with her yesterday, right? Just uh, drill. Just drill. So she wore me out so much in drilling. I said, I'm not rolling with so her. So if you today. roll with her, or when you roll with her today, uh, when you train with her today, like put her in like Delahima, and you'll see if she start cha- she'll start changing angles on you. Put her in different guards, mm-hmm. like open guards. You'll see she'll just be like, just naturally start doing it. And to me, it's just like kind of teaching competitors or any teaching anyone in general, just like breaking it down. This guard works because these grips keep you from doing this. This hook keeps you from doing this. And this is controlling your posture. However, they can only pull you one way. Like just looking at the biomechanics of it all. If I have, say, a lapel, I can only pull you like this. Yeah. I can't pull you like this. I can't pull you like that. All right, you're fine. Sorry, Airbnb owner. <laughs> uh, well, like, I can, but this is the strength of it. So if I change the angle, so if I, you pull me like this, it does nothing to your posture. Let them keep the grip. Yeah. We don't need to break that grip. It's useless. So like I kind of sat there and just looked at a lot of different stuff and I try to teach that like yeah, if you just do this they can't do anything with it yeah. let them keep it they're yeah. forced to do they're, you're, we're, we're basically using again that word funnel we're funneling them to get out of this particular guard or you lose this grip and either go here or here so if you know where here or here is and you just train for the, train for them that uh, transition to those positions and beating them to the punch there 
or like you know countering those, we're good. We're ahead. We do not need to like when we then once they go over here, we can go back, and they can get that grip again. We'll counter the exact same way, and it's literally just a long physical game of uh, rock paper scissors. How do you mentally deer, deal when you're playing that way? Because this is something I try to do too. But I find myself getting impatient. And, yes. oh, I should have passed this guy. I've got to go harder. And then I stop making those angles. I stop defending what I was trying to defend. It's difficult. Uh, I think all of us suffer from jujitsu ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, you know, I, I, I myself as well too. Especially in training. Oh, my God. If I'm training and I'm like, yeah. Uh huh. I'm like, okay, you know what? Here's my arm. Take it already, so that we can just do this all over again. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I hate that. But in a match, you can't, it's so sometimes it's so hard to stay focused throughout that time. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, um, and again, you'll see later on. I try to drill that mindset of like, get up. Like for me, my philosophy on winning a match. Like, you want to know how to sit there and win a, win a match? This is a, a especially specifically like a point tournament match. I tell them two things. I tell my competitors this. It's real simple. Get up two solid scores. Two solid scores, and like when you're competing, don't give up any points. Give up as many advantages as you want. <laughs> so I've told like my, my competitors, if you are up five nothing, if you're up by five points, that's basically a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Like that person, you're going to find out real fast if that person wants to fight you or if they're just done. Mm -hmm. That's it. They're going to fold. So, you know, it's... I just try to get people to do that. Your main focus first is get up two solid scores. Mm -hmm. Let's call them five points. Because at that point there, if you're up five points, and no matter how much, how hard that person's fighting back, you're okay giving up, hopefully not your back, but you're like probably going to give up two. Okay, cool, you're still up three. You get your guard pass. So some people want to sit there and win everything by a sub, everything like that. Yeah, if you get past out of the YouTube phase, out of the highlight phase, right? Go into the funnel phase. The funnel phase. Part of the funnel phase is get up to buy, get up by two solid scores. Yeah. Get them in your get them in your black hole. Go up by two solid scores, and you should be okay. You're gonna mm -hmm. find out real fast if that person wants to fight and get subbed, or it's just we're done here. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh huh. <laughs> Enough of this. Next match, right? Next. Uh, but you're gonna find out real fast, and I think. You know, if you could just like, it's hard, like especially at the black adult black belt level, staying focused for ten minutes. Oh my gosh, it's a long time. But so I just uh, like try to make it, make it like mini games. Okay, cool. Two solid scores. Your goal is to get up two solid scores. Once you do that, cool. We're gonna kind of cook them a little bit and see exactly if they want to fight mm -hmm. or not. If they want to fight, cool. Uh, that's awesome. We can sit there and try to go after them. And if you give up those, two, if you give up a score, we go back to making the match and getting back another, mm -hmm. another score. Get back that second score. Man, try to go from there. That makes sense. So we're at a point. I probably could ask you three or four more hours of questions on those things, but uh, we're running a little low on time. I want to finish with a uh, a question that I've been finishing with lately. And I haven't gotten to ask you yet. Okay. So what is um, the best or some of the best advice, jujitsu advice that you've ever gotten? Uh, <laughs> you don't have to do that, Mark. <laughs> By a lot of people, it's just like, you don't have to do that. Why are you doing that? <laughs> just literally, like, literally, that applies to so many things. Uh -huh. Like, so many things. Um, the best advice, I would say, the best advice that I ever received ever was from my older brother 
also a black belt jujitsu. Uh huh. And he's like, have you ever? It, it, it's completely now. Now I can relate it to so many other things. Yeah. But back then it was just related to something specific. He's just like, look, my brother talks like me too. And stuff. It's pretty funny. He's like, look, when we were growing up, all we ate were Big Macs. You know, wow, we love Big Macs. We love McDonald's. Just Big Macs. That's it. Like you know, and we were little kids. We we. We'd split a Big Mac in three because there's the three there's the three of us and then like until we sat there and could split it like you know split into half and then we sat there and ate one and then we all love Big Macs like grew up on that shit and then uh, sorry for cussing but we, we grew up on that stuff and uh, you know it's just like now you get sick of it like sometimes you want to sit there and like you know you see commercials and stuff and you see In and Out you see you know Burger you see a Whopper and you're like hey man I kind of want to try that all right go try it. Like, you know, and if it's better, go, go to that, you know, if it's, you find a better way, go for it. It's still a burger. You know, it's still a hamburger, it's still fast food, it's still whatever. And you'll always have love for the Big Macs because we grew up on that stuff. It's always going to be a part of you, right? Uh -huh. At the same time, if that's better, go do it. You know, go do it. And like, it, if that makes more sense to you, go do it. So at the time, he was uh, giving me a lot of advice on how to pick a jiu-jitsu school to be honest with you and stuff because I was kind of in a weird situation before and then uh, without going into that it's just a weird situation but it was funny because I started being able to relate that to jiu-jitsu in a lot of different other ways not intended uh, like without using a different intention for it and stuff like for example just like look if you're trying to play half guard yeah you're always going to like half guard that's what you did you want how many white belt titles, blue belt titles, all this other stuff and everything like that. But then like, now you don't like it, then go switch to something else. Not a big deal. Like for me personally, it was just like, I, white belt, uh, I never played close guard. I played spider guard and lasso mm -hmm. of all things, right? Go figure. <laughs> uh, blue belt, I played close guard. I, I have too much jujitsu ADHD for that. And uh, uh, I played butterfly guard of all things. Purple belt, I played um, X card, butterfly guard X card, and knee shield, that's it. Uh, brown belt, it was funny because I sat there and just played almost exclusively D path in competitions. And it was funny because, like, you know, I tried all these different things, but at, like I was always like a lasso player, I was always like a Bellahiva lasso player. And I kept being, became black belt stuff, and then it was just like, oh man, I, my half guard doesn't work, D path sucks because all these guys like crush D path. Blah blah blah, some blah blah that. And that was funny. It was just like, wait, I could go back to this. I'll always love all this other stuff. I can go back to this. Go back, go back to my Big Mac, if you will. But then every so often, I'll just, you know, dip into these other holes and stuff like that that I was able to develop. And you just kind of now I just throw burgers out there and it's fine. <laughs> I use burgers now. It's, it's that, delicious. That's very good advice. I really, I really like that. Uh, Mark, is there anything you want to say to finish? Uh, no, just thanks for having me back on. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. I'm, you know, I'm still reeling from the Chicago Open and stuff. But uh -huh. like, yeah, I just can't wait to train, get back to work, uh, focus now on World Masters and do what I got to do. We didn't talk about in the Chicago Open. We won the team title. That's right. Not a bad feeling. Not a bad feeling. Uh, the Asian parent in me, the tiger dad in me, just be like, good job. Okay, cool. You had your pizza. All right, cool. Just now, uh, what are you going to do now? Stuff yeah. Like what Remember, we, we're Asian, not Bijan. We're not. We're Asian, not Bijan. What do we honestly? How do you top the Chicago Open? You know, winning a, a gi 
the Gi title at the Chicago Open four times. Four times. Four times now. Four times now. It's. I can only think of one one way to top it. Oh, we gotta yeah, we gotta win a major as a team. We've got to win a major as a team. Absolutely. I think. We gotta rally the troops. Rally troops. I think, and I think you think we've had this conversation not on podcast before. Correct. I think we're in striking distance. Do you agree with that? We are. We are. It's just all about making sure that everyone. Like, you know, we can all get everyone there at the same, we can all get everyone in the same tournament. We just all got to choose mm-hmm. one and then we just go get them. Yeah, man. And with the right focus, it's just been fun right. being a part of, um, not that tag team is a newer team, but it's uh, a revitalized team, right? Absolutely. And so Absolutely. being part of this, uh, you know, experiencing it with you, being part of the same team after I came up fighting your guys, right. you know, uh, Kyle came up fighting you. Yeah, you know? it's so great. And so, uh, and now we're all on the same team. That's like such an exciting feeling. Uh, just to kind of finish, where do you see, if anywhere, do you see TAC team kind of t- kind of going? Do you think we can win a title? Absolutely. What do you think? Um, absolutely. As you mentioned, it's just a matter of uh, just like directionally focusing things, so, so to speak, and um, just getting everyone on the same page. We all have... We're, we're, we're a big organization and it's just, uh, you know, it's just a matter of just like, all of us just be like, just setting one goal, mm-hmm. just setting one team. All right, guys, let's just do this. And this is what we're going to go for. And everyone's all on the same page and we just do it and have fun with it. And yeah. that's the thing. You know, everyone's got to have fun with it though. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone's just going to have fun with it. We'll get it done. We're going to get it done sooner or later. And just, it'll be, it'll be a blast because, you know, I mean, look at the Chicago Open. We were having a great time doing it and stuff like that. We I were. Just, I like just having a. Lucy goosey time trying to do this stuff. It's it, fun. It's jujitsu. It's supposed to be fun. It is, a, and it's a really fun ride, and it becomes more fun doing it with the team. Correct. You know, when Absolutely. we were in the middle of COVID, you and I were were going, and maybe you have one or two students. I have some of my students, and we're competing. It almost feels like in secret at these right. IBJJF tournaments, and uh, you know, you built. Yeah, that, that's kind of like our team started to build from that. There was more tag right. team guys each tournament and more. And we were going, wait a second. We're in Indianapolis going, hey, I, I think we could probably win this yeah, today. Yeah, we, we didn't even, we didn't, that was so funny. We just sat there and we looked at the results like, is this really what we're seeing right now? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was so like, all right, cool. Yeah, cool. and so the, just feeling that build, that was, you know, what, six months ago? Right. You know, that wasn't long ago. Feeling that build has is, is really got me excited. It's got me excited for Master World. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I think I'm going to share this podcast uh, already, but I think if we waited two weeks, I would be uh, putting in the title Master World's Champion, you know, <laughs> Mark Vives on this one. I think ah. 2022, I think that's what I'll be doing. So I got to sit there and get it, get it done, so to speak. We will. We'll get it done. All right. Thank you for being on, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, my pleasure. My it's, it's great honor to be here. <laughs> <laughs>that is the episode. Uh, as I said in the, the title, I think that this episode would be good for every master competitor uh, that there is. It's just so hard to compete in the master's division. Uh, there is a lot of, as weird as it sounds, there's a lot of physicality in the master's division. There's a lot of physical hurdles to overcome. And I think Mark does a very good job of doing that. Uh, he's probably the most active master's competitor there is. And uh, 
you know, he has a good way to be able to compete every weekend, as he says. And I think a lot of people will get a lot out of that. Um, but I hope you guys like this episode. If you guys are new to the show, you were checking it out because of Mark. Welcome. Uh, we post every Thursday and every set, pretty much every Saturday. Uh, but I'll be doing a few more of these Chicago style interviews. Um, went on a trip to Chicago with some of my students and we are getting towards the end of the trip, but we have been recording a bunch of podcasts and I'm excited to share the first one with you. I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. And most importantly, I hope today's episode helps you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day, guys. Hey guys, Josh here again. I noticed that the podcast is over, but you are still listening. So you might still be in search of some really good free content that the Isaka Jiu Jitsu show provides. So if that is the case, if you guys are looking for uh, some solo episodes where you can learn more about efficiency and effectiveness in Jiu Jitsu, I would highly recommend two episodes. The first is episode 111, and that is on blitzing. It's this idea of pacing that most people even black belts don't think about. And then episode 129 is on designated winner. It is this new training concept uh, that we have been doing at my team. We've been talking about a lot on the I Suck at Jiu Jitsu show. I've actually been traveling the country and teaching this training method. And so as we continue to grow the show, I think that is going to be the episode that I push most people to. It's episode 129, designated winner, learning to master the flow. This is kind of the missing piece between drilling and flowing and positional sparring. Uh, you kind of get to combine all three of those things with designated winner and get the effects of all three of those things with designated winner. Uh, also, if you guys are interested, if you're looking for some uh, more deep dives into specific things in jujitsu, you can always go to simplifyingjujitsu.com where I have all of my instructionals, uh, all of my dad's instructionals, and actually a few from my coach, Kyle Watson, my friend, Nick Sanders, uh, John Prine, really some amazing black belts instructing you at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Also at simplifyingjujitsu.com, I have a free ebook for you guys. It is called The Three Lenses. It is the three lenses that people look through to learn jujitsu. Most of us only ever see or learn from one of the lenses. And simply by adding the extra perspective of the other two, you will triple how quickly you get good at jujitsu, especially how well you understand jujitsu. And that is what this free ebook really provides is a very good a way for you to understand the language, understand what's happening, understanding why you are getting better, or more importantly, why you're not getting better. And you can use this free ebook and it will help you diagram what you want to uh, getting to the goals you want to get to. And so that is all I have for you guys. Make sure to check out designated winner. Make sure to check out, uh, Make sure to check out everything that I have at simplifyingjujitsu.com, whether it is free or it is paid. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Josh McKinney. If you ever have any questions or comments, or you want to send a suggestion for a suck less Saturday episode, you can email me josh 
at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Uh, I read all those emails. Sometimes they get repetitive, so I combine five or six emails to be a Suckless Saturday episode. Um, but keep those emails coming so I can keep producing great jujitsu content and I can keep hearing from the people who actually enjoy the show and want to keep hearing the jujitsu content that I produce. Have a great day, guys. I hope this last little few minute clip helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. Have a great day.